Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Being comes before doing. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context, where we're helping believers lead in every area of life. We've been talking on the last couple podcasts about getting better. So I just want to follow up on that a little bit today. And uh, one of the big elements of getting better is not just having somebody around you who believes in you and encourages you, which which really is critical. In, in encouragement is the transitional language of the kingdom. And our lives should be encouraging to people. We should go out of our way to encourage, to bring courage to people. So, but it goes beyond that. And I think maybe especially in this generation where the need of affirmation and encouragement is so desperate, I think we, we lead people to the plate, but we don't give them a fork and a spoon to eat with. And that is not just somebody who encourages you and believes in you, but somebody who will require your best. So here's a good question. Is there anybody in your life who will require your best? Who will really drill down on you because you've given them permission to do it even when you don't like it? You know, I'm getting some therapy on my hand. I had to have some surgery uh, on my hand a while ago, and I'm getting some therapy on it. And that therapist... Uh, she's just interested in my hand working. She's not really caring a lot about how I feel. And uh, last week when I was in there, I literally had tears running down my face because of the pain I was in because of the way they were twisting my fingers. I'll tell you, it was everything I could do. Uh, I wanted to get up and run out of that place, but her goal is to make my hand work the best that it could be. Great lady, great conversation, does her job well, but her job was not to make me comfortable. Her job is to help me to do my best and make my hand work the best. And so that person isn't always uh, just a fluid, easy to get along with. There's somebody that's going to hold you to a higher standard. Is there anybody like that? Can you find somebody like that? Do you run from people like that? Have you communicated to anybody, look, there's an area of my life I want to do my best in, and I need you to help me to do it. Now, that lady has no control over what I'm going to do with my hand, right? Uh, I happen to be right-handed. That's my left hand, so I'm getting away with a little bit. But that's my job to figure out what to do with that hand and make it work to the glory of God. Her job is to help me get it right. So a lot of times, I think we're looking for people to help us do a certain thing rather than be a certain person. And I've looked around at the people that have really, really influenced my life, and they've helped me be a better person. In the process of that, they've helped me do things better. But being comes before doing, okay? And and that's just a critical thing. So do you have somebody in your life like that? If you don't, uh, I would be on a scouting mission for that, asking them to critique you. Say, hey, how am I doing? How does this look to you? 
Could I do a better job and sit down and, and take it on the chin? Let the tears run down your cheek. If it hurts that bad, take some notes and go back for some more. You know, there's a, there's a phenomena. I use some baseball illustrations in our last podcast. You know, there's a phenomena in, in all sports that some of the greatest players were not great coaches. Hmm. Very interesting, right? Some of the people that had the greatest natural ability, had great careers, were not necessarily good coaches. And, you know, part of it may be their demeanor, their style. My suspicion is that it was hard for some of them to relate to people that had lesser talent than they did. Okay. Uh, they just couldn't understand why a guy couldn't run that fast or throw the ball that hard. You know, that, that was just, they were just able to do that. On the other side of it, we've seen some really good coaches that were not great players, but they understood the game. They understood the mechanics of the game. They had a heart and a desire to do it. And when they saw that desire and that ability in somebody that was beyond theirs, they like coached them to life. They thought, man, if I had that ability, if I had that strength or that speed or whatever that skill level may be. And so you had a lot of guys that were not great uh, players necessarily, but they became great coaches. So I would say this to you, don't look at somebody who, you know, is necessarily, you know, got all the bells and whistles, but look at somebody that has some substance that may be able to even with greater appreciation, identify some of the gifts that are in you. And you may have some great, uh, success there. You know, uh, there was a guy when I was growing up called Harry Walker. He was the manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates at the time, and they were a good team at the time. They had a lot of good players. But he brought this guy in called Matty Alou, and Matty could not hit. He was very fast. He was a good base stealer. He was a good outfielder, but he was a very weak hitter. And Harry Walker had been a pretty decent player in his day. He actually won a batting title one year. And actually, his brother, Dixie Walker, won a batting title. The only two uh, brothers in Major League history to both win batting titles. But as a manager, he saw something in this guy. And he developed, uh, uh, if you're a baseball fan, you, you got to go and look at Matty Alou footage because you've never seen anybody swing like this. At least I never did. He literally taught him to chop the ball. And Matty had no power. He literally may hit one home run a year, but he won three batting titles. He led the National League in batting three times and was always in one of the top hitters during his career because Harry Walker just saw something in him to beat the ball down, to bounce it. And he was a left-handed batter, so he could get out of the box real quick and get the first base while the shortstop or second baseman was still fielding the base. He would have dozens and dozens of infield hits that any other batter would have been thrown out on. I just, when I was thinking of this lesson, for some reason, I just had a flashback and I thought of Matty Alou and Harry Walker teaching him to hit the ball like that. And, uh, there are guys out there that, uh, that are good leaders that can see something in you, maybe something you're struggling with and help you to overcome that. You know, one of the hardest things uh, a leader does is he makes 
personnel decisions. A coach, a manager, a leader, they make personnel decisions. And so if you're going to not only be part of the team, you've got to submit yourself to that. Where do I fit in coach? You know, uh, you know, put me in, I want to play, I get it, but where do I fit in? But also as a leader to say, you know, I am responsible for the success of this team and, uh, I I've got to make this work. You know, I have got a friend who, uh, pastored for many years and a uh, great guy, great guy. And I said to him one time, I said, you know, you love to develop people, but I think sometimes it's at the expense of the whole team. In other words, these people, you know, have a great gift or a great talent of some sort, and you work with them one-on-one to develop it. But at the same time, you've got to make personnel decisions as the like, where does this person really fit in on the whole team? So those are those are hard decisions in life. And if you're going to be a good leader as well as a good follower, you've got to really give some uh, consideration on that. Uh, one of the things that comes into mind there is helping people not just to work on the task, but helping them to work on the outcome. Uh, you know, there was a, a I'll, I'll just tell you another baseball story. There was a guy that played for the Pirates. His name was Rolf Kiner. He's in the Hall of Fame, one of the greatest home run hitters of all time. He only played nine seasons, but he was a colossal home run hitter. And uh, But the Pirates were a really bad team. And when Branch Rickey came, Branch Rickey's the same guy that brought Jackie Robinson into the major leagues. When Branch Rickey came to the Pirates, he up and traded Rolf Kiner, the best home run hitter of his era. And people were up in arms. And they said, why did you trade Rolf Kiner? He said, we finished last with Rolf Kiner. We can finish last without Rolf Kiner. And he just realized this was a great talent, but he wasn't helping the team to win. And in the trades he got, he eventually assembled a team that literally won the World Series just a couple years later. So a phenomenal story there. But where do we fit in? And that's the developing not only of our task and our talents, but on that whole team. So I think that starts with someone who requires your best, and then you in turn having relationship equity where you can ask somebody, am I able to require your best and really move you to the best place? Hey, this is Keith Tusi with Leadership in Context. I hope you could digest some of these thoughts I threw at you and mull them over and consider them. Maybe pass them on to somebody on your team. Blessings to you. Having someone in your life who will help you be a better person will, in turn, help you do better. Who is that someone in your life that you have given permission to drill down on you even when you don't like it? Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.